new building and what God's doing here in uh, Saratoga Springs. Um, my, my wife was on tour here, uh, I don't know how many, a number of years ago, and we just uh, thank the Lord that we have a privilege of uh, sharing with you uh, what God is doing in the Dominican Republic tonight. I just want to thank you as a church, a part of the Christian Missionary Alliance, uh, for, for giving, for serving, and, uh, and also for praying. Uh, without your prayers, without your intervention in investing in missions, in your giving, uh, we couldn't do missions. Uh, and so we, we really want to thank you. Uh, if you can put a face to your giving, that's wonderful because every missionary comes down, around, down the road, sometimes you forget who they are, sometimes you remember who they are. But if you can put a face to what your giving is, you can just say, if I don't give, this, this missionary couple can't do their work. If I, if I don't give to missions, then that church can't be built. That person can't be saved because I've neglected to invest in missions that way. And this is what the beauty is of the Christian Missionary Alliance. And so we thank you for giving and for serving and for praying. When I was uh, on tour in New York City, in the Spanish churches in New York City, I was uh, in the middle of my sermon, I, and I, for some reason the Lord led me down one avenue. Uh, and my grandmother, who was 101, just passed away, and she was my prayer warrior. So I said, who's going to pray for me? And one young man in the middle of the congregation just stood up and said, God put you on my heart many years ago to pray for you. So you don't have to have an invitation for me to pray for me, but if God's laid upon your heart to pray for people, please pray for them. And we encourage you to pray for us as well, that God will use us in a mighty way. Just so you know, uh, the topography of Dominican Republic, there's a mountain range of 10,000 feet in the Dominican Republic. And uh, beautiful, beautiful countryside like you have up in this area. Uh, the trees don't turn like they do in the fall, but they always have some leaves that are always falling because of the, because of the climate and the latitude that it's at. Um, but it's a wonderful country, and right now, uh, the northern part's suffering a little bit, right where the nutters are, Santiago, um, Hurricane um, Maria really gave them a wall because uh, Irma went through, and now uh, Maria's gone by, and Puerto Rico really is suffering, so please pray for uh, Puerto Rico. Um, Dominican, the northern part of Dominican Republic is, is suffering from landslides and bridges and all kinds of things. They just suffered just a few, uh, last year I was up there with uh, the relief arm of the Christian Missionary Alliance Kama Services to help, help the need in the north because uh, two um, tropical storms went by, just, just bombarded the north with rain and rain and rain and everything just sort of fall, fell apart. And now these, these hurricanes are coming through. So pray for your, your brethren there in, uh, in the Dominican Republic. Uh, this is my family. And next to me on, on your right is my wife. Um, she has just finished uh, going from uh, Ithaca, and she went all the way down to uh, Candor. You know where Candor, New York is? Okay, well, that's where she's at. Our son Josh, your pastor knows him very well from Nyack days, uh, married Joelle Blanc. Uh, her father's associate pastor in White Plains, New York. And then our daughter's on the far left, Jennifer, and she is in uh, San Diego, California. Our son uh, is a media resource coordinator for Nyack College and Nyack, uh, Nyack uh, City Campus. And our daughter is uh, a behavioral interventionalist. To say that really quick, you just say B.I. <laughs> so she loves her job. Josh loves her, his job. 
and Joelle is a uh, event coordinator down in New Jersey. So uh, they have interesting jobs and love their jobs. And my wife and I will be retiring, not retired yet. Uh, so next year, 2018, uh, we're going to be in a new phase of our faith journey with God. So those of you who are between 60 and 80, you are elder lessons. You are in the elder lesson. So this, that's a new term for you. I just learned that by reading a book called um, uh, looking, look, uh, looking Beyond Your Encore. Okay? What did I say? To you? Yeah. Yeah. Launch Your Encore. That's the, word. that's the name of the book. Well, you saw that video about peculiar people, didn't you? That was a wonderful video. I really like it. And it really talks about that our lives that are yielded and surrendered to Jesus Christ, God will use his power to fulfill his purpose in our lives. And part of that purpose is telling others about Jesus Christ. Part of that purpose is making disciples, helping, have, helping people find not only salvation, but to develop, to go forward in their Christian faith so that they can walk close to the Lord. First Peter tells us we are designed to shine. You know that? You're designed to shine? Uh, Philippians says that we are designed to shine like the stars. We are designed to shine. First Peter 2, chapter 2, verse 9 says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. The theme right now in this, in this uh, season for the Christian Missionary Alliance and the missions conferences or missions uh, tours is taken from the King James Version because it wants to point out to us that we as Christians are peculiar people. Uh, other versions don't use this word. They use God's chosen, a God's special person, but defining really what peculiar really means in the context of the Old Testament uh, in the context of uh, when it was written, when Peter was writing it in the King James Version, well, in Greek, actually, uh, peculiar people. Have you ever been called peculiar? I've been called peculiar. I was born and raised in India. My parents were missionaries there. And one year we came on home assignment, and it was a time where I was in high, just the beginning of high school, and I went to, uh, to class, and this was in the 60s. And I went to school with black shoes and white socks. Guess what that did? <laughs> Made me very peculiar. Uh, people were laughing at me and just joking around. I mean, in the 50s, you probably could do it, but in the 60s, you could not do that. That was not the way you dressed to go to school. And I didn't know that. I grew up in India. We didn't have TV. Nobody told us how to dress. Nobody gave us orientation. And here I was going to high school with black shoes and white socks. And I tell you, I went home crying. I said, I'll never go back to that school again. They'll probably ridicule me for life, even if I put the right socks and right shoes on. Uh, but I, I was peculiar. And at that point, I wasn't peculiar for Christ's sake, but I was peculiar. In that verse, in that King James Version, it says, a peculiar people. Peculiar really means distinctive, special, markedly different from
from the usual. Different set of values, different set of beliefs, something that is unusual about you. And we don't use that word much for anything positive, much in this, in this day and age, but in those days when Peter wrote this, it was for a positive purpose. The Jews, Jewish, uh, the Jews, uh, Jewish believers had been scattered all over the Roman Empire. Remember when they were persecuted and they just spread all over the Roman Empire? They were persecuted by, by Emperor Nehru. Think life was difficult in those days. And so P Peter says, you are a peculiar people. You are a peculiar people. A royal priesthood, a holy nation. So take courage. Take courage. God's chosen people. Those who have a, pers a personal relationship with the Father. Those who know Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of their life and want to tell others about Him as well. Our daughter, as I mentioned, works in California. And she got her job because she knew Spanish, but also because of her talents and God-given God gifts of how she can relate to, to kids and to young people. And she was just getting one promotion after another. She hadn't been there very long. She was getting these beautiful plaques. She, wasn't, she didn't understand why she was getting all, these, all this attention, it, only because God had given her these gifts. And she was a peculiar person. But this last promotion, she writes and says, oh, you know, I got this promotion. What do I do? I said, well, uh, be yourself, shine for Christ, and uh, do what God tells you to do. And they wanted to, they wanted to do something special for her. And they were, she overheard some conversation that the ladies were, I mean, people were talking about, said, what are we going to do with, with Jennifer? We love her so much, but we just can't take her to a bar and celebrate. She won't do that. They already knew what kind of person she was. She was shining for Jesus Christ where she was. So we are designed. We are designed to shine. So this evening, I'd like to just uh, unpack that peculiar people just a little bit and talk about God's power, God's provision, and God's purpose. So if you go to God's power, uh, there it says, God shows up in our life many times, doesn't he? Has he ever showed up in your life? He showed up many times in my life, in our lives as a family. 1 Peter 2.9 says, but you are a chosen people. You see, because God wants you. God died for you. God shed his blood on the cross for you. And I remember going, when I was in high school, I mean, going to school in India, you know, you, sit, you stand in these lines where they're choosing teams for, for, for kickball, and uh, sometimes uh, they go to Pete, and then they go to John, and then they go to, and then all of a sudden you wonder if you're going to be the last one, and then they'll say, well, I'll just take Bruce. You know, you don't want, the, you, you don't want that feeling. You want to be a part of the team that was originally chosen. But when it says here, you are a chosen people, God wants all of us in that line. Nobody's going to be first or last. He wants all of us on his team because we are chosen people. Bildania. You see, missions flows out of intimacy with Christ. And she had a wonderful relationship with Jesus Christ. She was one of our, one of our first converts in the Dominican Republic. But even till this day, she has shined for Jesus Christ wherever she was. And God's power has flown through her all the time. She is, uh, she's uh, vice president of a bank. Uh, she was and is, but when she was uh, uh, president of the, the bank earlier on in her career, she would have a, uh, um, a Bible study in her, in her house, I mean, in the basement of the church. She would go to the, uh, 
to the president and ask the president for permission to have a Bible study for one hour once a month in the basement uh, auditorium of the, of the bank. And uh, so she got permission from the president to have it in the bank. But even when she was asking permission for that, she had, people knew that she was a peculiar person because she stood up for her faith. She had high integrity. She did not cheat on the books. She said, I will not fudge the numbers. It's going to come out the way it comes out. And they, she still kept her job. God prospered her in her business. Anyway, she in, invited her uh, people under her. Uh, she had 80 people under her. And then when she wrote, when she got permission to have this uh, Bible study, she wrote all her coworkers and saying, uh, we're going to have this Bible study uh, Wednesday night. It's going to start at 5 o'clock. I'm just inviting you to go. Well, if you want to please your boss, you go for at least one or twice, right? So they all went to the, they, they took turns, but they all ended up attending at least one, one Bible study every now and then. But at times, we had, we had over, over 60 people down there in the auditorium. People came because we prayed for them. We had some songs. We had a Bible study. We had to get done in exactly one hour because it was after hours in the bank and people wanted to get home. But they all wanted to be prayed for. We prayed for them. We prayed for the bank. We prayed for their, their physical needs, spiritual needs. People came to know the Lord. People were healed of their physical ailments. The bank was prospering. And a lot of the people came to um, marriage encounter, which we have in the, in the Dominican Republic, in our church. And from then, they invited others to go to marriage encounter. So if from this obedience and the power of God working through Bildania, people came to the Lord from this bank and became members of our church. However, one day, um, the bank, this bank was bought out by another big bank. And uh, Bildania, we went to her and said, what are you thinking about this? She says, I'm not worried. She says, God's provided everything in my life up to, up to this point. I'm not going to worry about it now. So, lo and behold, just a few weeks later, she applied for another uh, position in another bank, and God gave her this position, the same one that she had here, with the same pay raise, and actually she, she created a new position that she had in this bank for this other, other old, old bank, for this new bank, the same position she had in the other one, and the bank is going, just going wonderful. And the Lord's prospering her in that position. In January of this year, we had John Stumble uh, as our speaker at our National Assembly in the Dominican Republic. And at the end of the assembly, we asked him if he would speak at our church and down there in Santo Domingo because he was staying at our house before we went to the assembly and then afterwards. And then the, the nutters that you just saw, he went up there and, and looked at the vision. That's where you saw those pictures from because he went up north and he visited Envision there in the north. Well, she invites this lady, to, a lady to come that works for her, to come to the uh, meetings when John Stumble was there. Well, she wasn't able to come. So we recorded the message, and we sent the message to her. And this lady, after hearing this message, and the power of the Spirit moved in her life, and she came to know the Lord Jesus Christ as her Savior through that tape. And just after, we were so upset, just after, we left May 9th, and then the following Sunday, she, this lady was baptized. Can you imagine that? God wants us to shine for him. He wants us to use the power that we have through him to tell others about Jesus Christ. My 
father-in-law was a, a pastor in this district for 40 years, and he always said, you can testify for Christ, you can be a light for Christ by life and by lip. We don't always talk, but we can always live it. So he said, you can be, please be a witness for Christ by life and by lip. And so that's what Bildania has done. And we're just wonderfully uh, proud of what, how God is using her. Uh, just, just one person, there are other stories of God has used uh, people in the Dominican Republic. God's provision. God puts us in the right place at the right time to be used by him in a mighty way, right? If you ever th even think, why was I there? And then two months later or two years later, I know why I was there. God put me there for a reason. It's the same thing that is going on in the Dominican Republic as well. Chris uh, Hills, who wrote the book Walking to Jerusalem, says that royalty is for the benefit of others. Now, if you look at the second part of that verse, it says, uh, you are a chosen people, a what? A royal priesthood. In, that, in the context of that, in those days, royalty is, was for the benefit of others. It was to serve. Christ did not come to this earth to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. So if we do what Christ did, we want to serve others. And we want to ask God, please put me in the right place at the right time so I might serve you and be used of you. Leonardo uh, is 70 years old in this picture. He is a veterinarian. And we have been praying for Leonardo for over 25 years. So if you're praying for a relative or a situation in your life, please don't give up. God has his timing. But in this case, it took a bull to wake this man up so he would come to know the Lord. <laughs> Leonardo and his wife Petra um, were introduced to the gospel with uh, one um, missionary couple by the name of John and Debbie Penland. They, they came one year or so after we arrived in the Dominican Republic, and we were looking for housing for them, and there was this cul-de-sac that was in, in the Santo Domingo, and it was one house that was empty. The problem with that one house was that they had fetishes and saints in it. And we really wanted them to move there because of great opportunity to meet the neighbors and, and lead people to Christ. So we went into that apartment, and we went from room to room, burning and cleaning out each of those rooms and burning the fetishes and, and praying over every room and then finally the whole house. They moved in, and they started witnessing to the neighbors. Now, you may know, but in the Dominican Republic, the lights go off every single day. So you have to have backup systems. You have to have inverters. You've got to have generators, all the kind of things. So if you like camping, go to and live in the Dominican Republic. <laughs> but the thing is, you've got to live with that no lights thing every single day of your life. So, uh, but what gave opportunity was to Deb, uh, Deb, uh, Debbie and De um, John Penlin was that at night it was cooler outside than it was inside when the lights were off. So they would go out and they would start talking with their neighbors. And they, the subject always come up, why are you Americans here in the Dominican Republic for? Uh, you, so much better back at home. There's, lights are on all the time. That's not true either up in this area. I've been, since I've been to the States, the lights have been off four times wherever I've been. Um, but anyway, they start talking about Jesus Christ. And Petra, Leonardo's wife, was really receptive to the gospel. God was speaking to her. God was speaking to Leonardo, but Leonardo resisted the gospel 
longer, much longer than Petra did. Petra, within months of the presence of the missionaries there, came and, just came and said, I want to know Jesus Christ, and gave her life to the Lord. So we, we took her through uh, theological edu education by extension. We took her through uh, New Believers class. And when she brought home all the paperwork for to study and everything and do her tests, her husband was right there, memorizing verses, can you believe? And answering questions, he knew, he knew what was going on, but resisted giving his life over to the Lord. Well, we had marriage encounter, and uh, we asked this couple to go to marriage encounter. They were having some rough, rough uh, years in marriage, and we just asked this couple to come to, uh, go to marriage encounter. She had just come to know the Lord. He wasn't resisting at the time, but we said we, this would be a good opportunity to, to have that marriage really, really solid and restored. And so they went to marriage encounter. Um, was a wonderful weekend of 48 hours. It's called 48 Hours of Love. And you go, and within 48 hours, can you imagine the Holy Spirit's power working in a couple's life? We've had couples come in that didn't, they were on the verge of divorce, ripped their divorce papers up. We've had men and women, a husband and wife, that hadn't kissed or hugged each other for, for years, embracing each other for the first time, saying, I love you. Marriage Encounter has done wonderful things for for our couples in the Dominican Republic. Psalm 23 says, God restores our soul. Well, one day, last year, 2016, Leonardo was called to the north to check out the, the teeth of bulls. There was, a, there was a big, huge farm, and, and people brought their bulls up into this farm area so that uh, veterinarians like Leonardo would check their teeth Tell them their age, tell them their health, tell them if, they were, if it was okay to sell them in the market and give, you know, and they would figure out a price so they could sell them in the market. Well, he was working all day, and it was the last bull, and uh, there was another assistant. His son-in-law came up too. He was a veterinarian, so he was helping his father-in-law. But this other guy was holding this bull so that Leonardo could look inside his mouth and, and check his teeth, and this, he, his, he, his grip just failed him. And this big bull fell on Leonardo's leg and just, just cracked it open. And fortunately, his son-in-law was there. So instead of calling an ambulance and everything, they just bound, bound the wound, wound a little bit, got in their car, and they rushed down to, uh, to Santo Domingo. They were way up in the north in, in Puerto Plata, and they had to travel four hours in that pain, got to the hospital, got all the pins and everything taken care of. While he was in the hospital, um, my wife and I went to visit him, as we had in the past, but not when they were with a broken leg. And we just, once again, just shared Christ and prayed with them, and their family was there. And uh, we just trusted the Lord that he, what, this incident would really come, make him come to know Jesus Christ as a Savior. And when he went home, he went for home, not to, because he was better, but when he went home for house care, his wife had to really take care of him. And... Uh, we went to his house when he was, was in crutches and recovering, and we said, uh, what's going on? Well, he said, the other day, the pastor of the church came to my house, and I accepted Christ as my Savior. Can you believe it? It reminded me of, uh, of the incident there in, um, in, uh, in, the, in the Old Testament, Numbers 23, where, where the donkey talked to Balaam. <laughs> But this bull didn't talk to him in Spanish. It's just that God used this bull to wake the Leonardo up to he would come to know the Lord. 
So, praise the Lord that Leonardo now has, has Christ in his life. Look at that happy couple. Uh, just rejoicing in the Lord because they're, they're both children of God, and they're living a marriage that's, that's honoring to Christ. Uh, I don't ask a bowl for anybody to wake them up, but sometimes God has to wake us up through different circumstances. Uh, he wants you. He wants you to believe in him. He wants you to trust in him. And isn't that something? All that God has provided, God provided a bull for him to come to know the Lord. God provided the penance that introduced the gospel to him. God puts us in the right place at the right time in order that we would wake up or receive him or do something for his glory. God's purpose. Matthew 5, 16 says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. 1 Peter 2, which is just below the 1 Peter 9 that we read, in verse 12 it says, Always let others see you behaving properly, that though they may accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. So the idea is we're not saved by works, but when we come to know Jesus Christ as our Savior, he wants us to serve him. Jesus Christ came not to be served, but to serve. And our idea is to serve Christ and have a purpose of why we're here. But we need to give glory to whom? To God. Sometimes we take glory for what we do, but it's not. We need to give glory to God in all that we do. You see, we're, we're just like the moon. I don't know if you saw the eclipse when it went by. Somebody gave me a, a welder's helmet so, helmet so I could see, see the moon, I mean, to see the eclipse. Uh, it was only 80% where we were in Pennsylvania, but I saw it through the, through the um, welder's helmet. It was really wonderful. But the moon doesn't reflect light in and of itself. It reflects the sun. And you and I as believers need to reflect Jesus Christ, the Son of God, so that others might see him through us. It's the same principle. We need to depend on him to do all that we do. God has called us out of darkness into his wonderful light to be witnesses to the lost and a witness to those that are around us. They might see Jesus Christ in us. We're not all here in this earth just to take up space, and we're not all here by accident. We have a purpose. God has a purpose for you. A royal priesthood does not mean that all Christians will be pastors. A royal priesthood doesn't mean that everybody's going to be an evangelist or a missionary. But it does mean to live lives of purity in the midst of whatever our livelihoods are. And to ask God what that purpose is for us. The vision of the Christian Missionary Alliance, as you might see in some of your, of your um, faith cards, but I, I picked up this uh, faith card. This is for kids, but really it's the same message as, as for the adults. It says, my faith promise is to pray, to serve, and to give. And really that's what the alliance is. To pray, to serve, or go, and to give. And we need to make sure that we have the gospel access for and from all peoples. Beck and I went to the Dominican Republic in obedience to him and served Christ there because the people in the Dominican Republic needed Christ for the gospel there. And then once they become believers and then they go 
from the Dominican Republic, and they can be missionaries as well. So it's for and from, for and from. Miguel and Ingrid Grasals were part of that example of gospel access for and from all peoples. Miguel and, Miguel and Ingrid uh, came to know the Lord in the Dominican Republic, and, and they really, really got excited about serving the Lord in the church. They got involved in marriage encounter. They, they, they went through theological education by extension. They went through the Bible Institute. They become teachers of those of, of the Bible of the TEE. And then during the year, they really were, God has spoken to their hearts about becoming missionaries. So they came to us and said, what do we do? And uh, so what we did was we took them to the national church office. We said, Miguel and Ingrid want to become missionaries. Uh, let's work through the process in order to get them overseas. So in 2014, uh, we started the process with them. And they felt uh, they started calling people. And uh, through our Latin America uh, International Ministries called CLAW, they, they asked them to uh, please consider going to the Panama City to become missionaries. So in 2014, that happened. And so we had the privilege of, of mentoring Miguel and Ingrid. And we took them through a, a program that was really thick from SIM about cross-cultural studies of how to uh, depend on God and to adapt to a new culture and to start missionary work in, in a, another part of the world. You see, just because they knew Spanish didn't mean that they understood the culture in Panama. We've had a Chilean pastor come to the Dominican Republic. We've had a Colombian pastor come to the Dominican Republic. We've had a Peruvian pastor come to the Dominican Republic. But when they cross cultural lines, it's different. It's different. Um, one thing means differently. For example, I can say, I can say ahorita, which means now. And in one, when, one culture means whenever, and in another, other culture, culture, it means immediately. And if I say ahora, in one culture, culture that means whenever, and in another culture means right now. So you have to know what culture you're in. So if you come to the Dominican Republic and you say ahorita, that means whenever. So they say, well, we'll meet you, we'll meet you at the, uh, over, the, you know, in the uh, over there in the, in, the, in the next city, ahorita, that means whenever. Or I will come to your house to visit, ahorita. So you know they're never going to come for a long time unless you give a date. So in other cultures, it means just right now it means to come. So they have to learn those differences. When they go to Panama, some things that are the same word mean completely different. You have the same thing in this culture. You, you go from, from where you are here, you go down to Kentucky, there are some phrases that you don't understand, and you're in the United States of America, right? So crossing culture barriers, you have to learn. So we were training them and mentoring them, and we still, we still Skype with them every, every month just to see how they were going. We were able to visit them. 2015, they packed their bags and went to, the, and to Panama. And the Alliance has one, has Three or four uh, Chinese churches in Panama. There are over a thousand Chinese in Panama. But they were the first alliance, Dominican alliance missionaries that were sent. We were just so thrilled that that happened last year or in 2014 because we were really hoping that something like that would happen before we, we came home to retire. And sure enough, this couple were the first Dominican alliance missionaries to go overseas. And it was just a thrill to our heart. And uh, when we started mentoring them, uh, they also had um, the Lord took them to this conference. The president of the, of the Christian Missionary Alliance, Enrique Rosso, is there. I was there. We prayed for them. We commissioned them. 
uh, to go to uh, Panama City to be the first alliance, Dominican Alliance missionaries there, but they were to start, to start the first Spanish Alliance church. They were Chinese churches, but never a Spanish Alliance church. So they were the, not only the first Dominican Alliance missionaries to go overseas from the Dominican Republic, but they were the first missionaries to start a Spanish Alliance church. So we were thrilled about that. So when they got to the Panama, they prayed for a house. They prayed for belongings. They prayed for a car. And uh, God gave them this house. It doesn't look that big, but it is huge. And God gave them a huge house from a member that came, started attending their, their Bible study who owned this and said, I'll give, it to, I'll give you minimum rent and you can, you can live right here. So in this house, they have their Bible studies out back and, and groups, small groups during the week. They have clowns coming and everything. They have big, huge meals and everything. They have over 60 people now. And just, just recently, in 2016, they baptized eight people in the river. So God is using them mightily for his glory. God has given them a purpose, and God has given each one of you a purpose. What is God calling us as an alliance people to do? We certainly don't want to be the, an average church member just showing up on church on Sunday. God wants us to use us mightily for his glory, calling us to live his kingdom wherever God has placed us to serve him. Amen? Light is powerful. Light is powerful. Each one of you has a testimony. Each one of you has a story. And no one can take that away from you. That's your testimony. That's your story. And we need to tell it to everybody else who, who is without Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ loves them and died for them, either by life or by lip. We need to tell. Will you be that light? And that light is peculiar because it is distinctive. It is special. It is markedly different from the usual. That's why pe peculiar, really, if you think of it in context of the Greek and of that time when Peter wrote the uh, New Testament, it means sense now, doesn't it? This doesn't mean odd, weird. It means special. So we as Christians are special people. We as Christians are peculiar people. And God wants to use each one of us today. Shall we pray? Let's stand. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, thank you for this congregation. Thank you for Pastor Nathan and the leadership team and those that are leading this congregation here in Saratoga Springs. Continue to bless them mightily for your glory. We just pray, I just pray, Lord, that each one of us, each member, each person who calls us their church, who makes, uh, comes in here every, every week and and serves and worships you and lives day by day the Christian life. Help him to really sense your, your presence in a special way. Help him to shine for you. We are designed to shine for Christ. Oh, Father, we just pray that you'll uh, encourage us today because we are peculiar people. And we just thank you and we praise you. Give us a good evening to get at our homes and where we, we may be tonight. We might sense your presence in a special way. In Jesus' name, amen.